and welcome to Warsaw Bursting Perspectives, our continuing series of podcasts to help you understand key issues at the intersection of business and law. Today we will feature part two of our look at the five things every company must do when seeking capital with Murray Schwartz, partner at the New York-based law firm Warshaw Burstein. I'm Tom Merriam. And Murray Schwartz speaks from personal experience. He spent 15 years as the COO of a major media company, Ingersoll Publications, now Journal Register, giving him a unique perspective on business strategies. He currently serves several companies as their regular corporate counsel and provides advice on a variety of issues, including real estate employment, trademark and copyright licensing, contracts, patents, product development, investor relations, and much, much more. Murray Schwartz works very closely with clients, typically become involved at the earliest stages of transactions, which leads us into today's discussion. And Murray, welcome back. Thank you. And let's begin by, for those of our audience who either did not hear part one or may have forgotten a little bit from part one, what are the five things every company must do when seeking capital? Well, um, the first three, which we covered in our uh, in our uh, first w- uh, podcast, um, are you can look at it as, as how to get dressed for the dance. You know, um, you cannot participate in the process without having uh, quality financial statements. It's the thing people expect. Without having detailed financial projections. Um, and, um, and, um, and, and finally, without having a data room so that uh, any lender or investor uh, has access to all the information legally binding that they're going to need to, to know uh, about the company, to be able to assess the, um, the uh, prospects of, in the case of lending, of getting paid back, and in the case of investments, of, of getting a proper return. So, um, so I've got you dressed for the dance. And um, and now I think we really need to um, to do two other things. One is to find the right partner to to go with to the dance, and um, and the other is to be the right partner and to uh, be uh, in a uh, position where um, uh, you are likely to have a good relationship because your interests are aligned. So it's financial statements, it's financial projections, it's data and due diligence. Um, and then it's um, finding the right partner, which uh, really is knowing who you are and staging um, what the right investment is for the moment or the right uh, lender is for the moment. Um, and, uh, and, and finally, of course, um, uh, being the right one, having interests aligned, having uh, incentives that uh, more likely are guaranteeing the success of the venture. Um, so let's talk about uh, number four, um, which is uh, the staging. It's the finding the right partner. And, and they're um, uh, they pretty hard and fast rules. Um, uh, and to, to, um, to not be cognizant of where you are in the scheme or where a potential investor or lender is, is to waste a lot of time. Uh, and a lot of energy because the rules don't change with the investors or the lenders. They're governed by um, they're governed by rules that um, they're in their own investors, their limited partners um, are requiring, um, or uh, what the federal bank regulators are requiring, or the state bank regulators are requiring. So, so you're not going to change that. So you really have to figure out um, where you are and who who you're trying to deal with. Um, if you're a startup, um, the uh, the prospects are fairly slim. If you're a startup without revenues, um, then it's time to put the touch on all your family and friends. Um, and uh, if, if they have confidence in you, um, it, is, uh, it is so much the better, and, and that's how you can get started. Um, it's the rare case where an idea 
or an idea which becomes intellectual property, an idea which is know-how or a patent, um, uh, will turn into investment. Very rare. Um, I have a, uh, a uh, friend who um, is a uh, uh, former uh, uh, biotech fund manager who said, you know, the only one, he, the only circumstance he can think of uh, where you could get financing off of an idea is if you have found the cure for death and it doesn't have any side effects. <laughs> so um, that, you know, that, that uh, is uh, a prospect highly unlikely, but, uh, but it can happen, I suppose. Um, but getting further along, uh, and you know, this is really a matter of tracking your, your company and tracking what's happening, um, you could be in a situation where you have uh, some revenue. You've, you've gotten out into the market, you've, you've, sent, you've sold a product in the market, and, um, uh, and there the, the universe widens. Um, uh, typically to, um, to angels, people who um, are high net worth individuals, and there are lots of them operating either solo or in family offices or um, in hedge funds or in, in a variety of places. Um, and there's, there's a lot of private money out there, um, uh, but um, they're, they are looking often for um, uh, you know, for multi-million dollar um, uh, sales, sometimes lower, but, uh, and again, it's very much product driven. It's depending on what the prospects are, but, um, you know, but there are in, at least institutions for that. There are no, there are no real lenders in that situation because the lending requirements are typically governmentally regulated, um, and they involve, um, uh, strict guidelines which include uh, a certain level of earnings and profitability over a certain period of years um, because that is the uh, the senior lending in particular is the lowest risk level of lending um, and does not countenance um, uh, does not countenance the prospect uh, of, uh, of failure a reminder that you're listening to Washar Burstein's Perspectives. Our guest today is Murray Schwartz, partner at Washar Burstein. And we're looking at the five things every company must do when seeking capital. And this is part two of this podcast series on this particular subject. And Murray, you talked about self-assessment and staging. And one of the interesting aspects to that is that you have a governmental side to mm -hmm. it as well as a private side. Let's look at the public sector. Yes, in, 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 the, uh, in the regulatory climate for the banks, you have even less flexibility than you do with, um, uh, with uh, the venture capital market. Um, the venture capital market is controlled by the investors in the, in the, in the venture capital funds and have guidelines and rules, um, which are somewhat freer uh, and easier than, than, the, than the lending requirements. Also, um, I, I think it's important um, not only to know your staging, but to do as much diligence on the um, on the potential investor or lender um, than it is to um, uh, as much diligence as they do on you and, and on your company. Um, it, uh, it strikes me that uh, we reach out as companies to people who are making offers and often don't consider uh, with whom they're dealing. Um, in the case of lenders in particular, uh, you like to know that they've lent in the industry, that they know the industry. Um, the, uh, the worst case you can have is a lender who is nervous about you and your industry and doesn't think it's going to get repaid. Um, uh, another is to, is to um, focus on leverage levels, uh, how much debt you have and compare it to equity. Um, and know 
like my um, mentor uh, and my uncle Seymour um, told me that he preferred Las Vegas to, um, to commercial lending um, because at least they serve drinks and they don't change the rules. Um, in, in, in the lending world, they do change the rules. The regulations change. Uh, the bank's threshold for risk changes um, based on their own experiences and their own lending uh, guidelines. And, um, and you can, you know, in, in one climate, you can borrow at six times EBITDA, six times earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And, um, and then suddenly find yourself in a climate where it becomes a three-time uh, episode. And before the banks call the loan, you're going to have to come up with some equity um, uh, because um, you have the rules uh, changed on you. And that's a very frightening proposition, but it, but it happens frequently, uh, keeping in mind, too, that in bad times, banks call good loans. Um, uh, the 100-page document that you sign uh, has uh, very, very um, strong language on what can constitute a default, and, uh, and you're generally in default by the time you sign the, the document. And, and, uh, and so the, the, the business reality there is if they're going to recoup their money, they're going to recoup it from, from companies that are earning rather than companies that aren't. So um, that's a, you know, an important consideration when you're doing the diligence process to know uh, with whom you're dealing. Um, further along in the process, um, uh, it becomes a, another interesting adventure in, 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 in staging and an adventure in, in where, you, um, where you sit in the universe. Um, and we'll pick up on that in a second. Just want to remind everybody that they're tuned in to Warshaw Bursting Perspectives, the podcast series from Warshaw Bursting. My name is Tom Merriam, and we're talking with Murray Schwartz, who's a partner at Warshaw Bursting. And just to follow up a little bit, you talked a little bit about finding the right partner, but it's just as important to be the right partner. Yes. And that's really under aligned interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I'll just finish up quickly with, with um, the notions that there are also private equity concerns out there when you're more mature. Um, you, you can have a choice of measuring your leverage by borrowing from a, from a lender who will lend to you because you've had the five-year history of, of earnings. Uh, the private equity companies will play in that market and can substantially make a difference. Um, I, I guess the pinnacle has always been um, the IPO and the ability uh, ultimately uh, to access the public markets. Um, I'm, I'm less of a fan of, of the public markets and uh, have recognized that there is so much private equity out there uh, now and so much money um, channeled without having to do it in, you know, with an underwriter in a public offering um, that I would not uh, rush into the public offering. Um, I would uh, I would rather not be, be beholden to the analysts and, and beholden to the analyst judgment. I'd rather still run my own company than uh, than to um, than to um, be measured entirely by what the price of the stock is. Um, it's 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 not a necessarily a good metric. And as if you can stay public and grow, I to stay private and grow uh, as large as you can in a private sector. Uh, I think you will have more options ultimately. Than than um, than you have in the public markets, and um, the problem with the public markets too is that um, unless you're a big player, um, you don't have market makers protecting the price of the stock. You don't have um, 
uh, all of the uh, advantages, and it's very expensive. Um, so uh, you are, I think, wise to stay as private for as long as you can um, uh, before making the plunge into, into, um, into um, the public sector. And you talked about players before, and you quote a very famous football coach, Bill Parcells, about being skillful at blocking and tackling. Yes. So talk about how that applies here. And, and when you get to the end zone, and you ought to uh, look like you've been there before. You know, it's, um, it's the basics. Um, uh, and the blocking and tackling is the basics of, of reporting on what you're doing, doing it accurately and well, and to, to, to basically – when I was in the media business, I said everything important came down to selling an advertising, uh, selling, selling an advertisement, or selling a, a subscription. Um, it's it's the same. Stick to your knitting and and be focused on your on your business, which um, not only um, uh, impresses investors and um, and lenders, uh, but really is a threshold uh, uh, starter to uh, to whether you're going to be successful or not in the process. So, um, you know, take it very seriously, be, you know, and, and, and stick to your knitting and be, uh, and not be all things to all people, but knowing where you are and being able to, uh, to um, uh, turn that into, uh, to, into a loan or an investment. So let's knit this all together. Let's mm-hmm. go back over the five and just quickly how they all connect to one another. Well, um, you, you dress for the dance. Uh, which is part of looking like you've been there before when you're in the end zone. You, you, you have to have accounting prepared financial statements that preferably are at least reviewed. We, we went through the three uh, categories, uh, compilation, review, and audit. And, um, and um, uh, the, uh, you know, the minimum standard, I think, is at least to have it prepared and look right and, and be something that investors and lenders are used to looking at. Um, Having financial projections that uh, that don't gross up some assumptions, but rather uh, look at the details of every customer and and where they are and and uh, and uh, what your reasonable expectations are not not your hopes and your prayers, but your reasonable expectations about what uh, what is going to be. Uh, to have a full grasp of of all of the legal documents uh, that that's the due diligence function. The, all the legal documents have a data room uh, that uh, that uh, potential uh, investors or lenders can access and can um, uh, and can have a thorough understanding of what the company is about. Um, you um, also have to find the right pairing uh, of a lender or an investor. And finally, um, you. Uh, you want to be on the same team as as the person who's backing you. Um, you you um, the the private uh, equity people call it uh, skin in the game. You know they 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 if they're going to be investing tens of millions of dollars, they want you to invest. You don't have to invest tens of millions of dollars, but they want you to be confident in 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 what your you know in what your company. Uh, is going to do, and the quickest way to do that is to show them that you're you're, you're investing something in, in in it as well, and investing something uh, that is equally as material, if not equally as uh, as large. Um, but but also, there really needs to be in the company's operations that same level of of um, of aligned interest. 
so that, um, you know, I, I, when I was in the media business and when, particularly with newspapers and newspaper plants, uh, you know, my, my pressmen always uh, had the ambition of making more money and working less, which, you know, was something I can subscribe to and I, I, I understand. Um, but um, one of the shortcuts they had was to, to run the, uh, the, the press run at press speed um, and waste uh, a lot of paper getting it into register. And, um, and um, I, I, I looked at it from a macro point of view because I was the chief operating officer and we were spending $150 million a year on paper. Um, if you waste 10% of it, that's $15 million. And so I felt I had $15 million to incentivize um, all of these people and to, and to say, you know, get it in register. And if your waste is, you know, is um, under, your running waste is under 3%, you'll get $100 in your paycheck every month. Um, that was enough of an incentive to, um, to, uh, to get them to be thinking about their interest and my own and, and their interest and the company's. Um, you know, we had, um, uh, you know, everyone, the bookkeepers on receivables collection, um, uh, and, and my incentive there was typically not to, not to pay on old collected receivables because that meant that it got away, um, but to prevent things to hit 60 days. And all of the incentives were based upon uh, things that would help the cash flow of the company. So you, you, you have to not only have aligned interests with the investors, but, but it, it, it shows across the board. If you can put people on incentives so that they're working uh, in, their, in the interests of the company and, and, and it's, uh, and it's in its best interest, um, you're going to be very impressive to, to, the, um, to the investor and lending world. And Murray Schwartz, you were very impressive here talking about five things companies must do when seeking capital. And if anybody wants to reach out to you directly, how can they do that? Um, uh, welcome to email me uh, at mschwartz at WBNY, which sounds like a radio station, dot com. And, uh, and, or and, give, and Schwartz is spelled S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Yes, indeed. So just to be clear about M. Schwartz at WBNY.com. And any phone number? Yeah, 212-984-7701. Love to talk with you. And thanks again, everybody, for listening to Warshaw Bursting Perspectives. You can hear more of these podcasts on WBNY.com. And for more information also about the Warshaw Bursting Law Firm. Thank you for listening. I'm Tom Marion.